Your home of CF Montreal soccer is TSN 690. The first thing that we need to address on our power play is our mindset, our pace, uh, our intensity. We know every time you go on the power play, the, the, there is desperation on the other side. We need to be desperate on our side also. Welcome back. Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri. That's the voice of Dominic Ducharme after practice in Winnipeg yesterday and saying that the power play needs a change of, uh, in mindset. Uh, might be putting it mildly. Uh, it wasn't very good last season, and it might actually be worse after a decent start this year. Uh, so uh, we will be talking Habs in the Canadian division with uh, Josh Clipperton from the Canadian Press in just a couple of minutes here. But I did want to provide an update. Uh, can we get the breaking news sounder? Do you have that, Matt O'Hayan? Welcome to the show, by the way. You're tagging out for Jimmy G. You have some very big shoes to fill. The Boston Bruins have claimed former Montreal Canadian Jared Tenorti off waivers. Is that disappointing? Wow. That is, is that a some, that's is the that hard-hitting stuff. News? I mean, that is there not worthy of the, uh, of the sounder there. Come on. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty rude. I agree with you, uh, but uh, we'll do well, it Well, that's anyway. pretty right. rude, but I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're both being rude then, uh, but uh, welcome to the show, Matt. And it is Saturday sports. Matt and I are sticking around uh, till one o'clock, but it's a pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time. He is the national hockey writer at the Canadian press. He's Josh Clipperton joining us on the program. Josh, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, Joey. How are you doing? I, I was I was a little concerned that I'd missed some breaking news, and then I no. and then I heard your update. So I stand down. I'm. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. You don't no need to uh, get off the phone and write a uh, 1500 word uh, feature for the Canadian press. I think you're okay. Appreciate so, it. Look, you you followed. You know, you're following the entire Canadian division. We hear you asking these great questions on the Zoom calls to you know different members of the Montreal Canadiens. Just. I know you've been following from start to finish, but just your perspective on what's changed, what's gone on, like, do you think they can get it back on the rails? Just your overall thoughts on what's happened here. I think they can get get it back on the rails, and I appreciate that, Joy. Thanks. I'm glad someone's uh, watching those Zoom calls. <laughs> uh, but, but um, yeah, no, I think they can get back on the rails. But just even going back further, like, I, I was here in Toronto in the bubble, not in the bubble, but I was at the games here in the in the summertime, and, you know, the Habs were just so impressive against Pittsburgh and then against Philly, and, you know, just came and waved, wave after wave, the way they played, you know, just really relentless, and, and to me, they look like a team that just kind of lost its way and, and lost its focus after the after a good start to to this season, you know, I mean, as we know, in the Canadian division, like, things can, things happen quick, life happens fast, you know, the Habs have, have tumbled down, the Oilers are on a, on a run, so they can definitely get it back, but, you know, it's definitely, uh, quite a situation for uh, for Dominic Ducharme to be uh, to be walking into there, there's so many things that are wrong Josh but just what's the most concerning thing in your mind I just think I mean I mean obviously the goaltending is what everyone's talking about but I, I look at just like the the stupid mistakes and, and the defensive play in front of the goalies I mean we know Carey Price has not been good uh you know, this season, there's he's had flashes, and obviously he was great in the bubble, like I mentioned. But but I just like they just seem just very disconnected when they're when they're trying to to do anything really. You know, whether it's defensively, offensively, it just seems like a you know five guys with chickens with their heads cut off sometimes running around in their own zone. Um, so that's that's for me. I think the goaltending is is fixable, and, and you know, with with having Jake Allen there, 
Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens after tonight. I mean, if he has a good game, like, do they do they just give him a, a stretch? Um, you guys know Carey Price is a guy that likes to likes a heavy workload, and he hasn't had much of it, you know, in this new goalie tandem. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that uh, how that shakes out. He's Josh Clipperton of the Canadian Press joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN six ninety. So um, you mentioned that's the ten and a half million dollar question, right, Josh? And it's it's interesting because. You know, towards the end of Michel Therrien's tenure uh, as head coach here, I think it was fairly obvious that he lost Carey Price as an ally. And if you're Dominic Ducharme and you have that interim tag, you need to keep Carey Price on your side. So whatever you think as a coach, whatever you think the plan is to get Carey Price's season back on the rails is great. But you need to make sure that he agrees with you and that's why I think it's not just about a coach who has one game of NHL head coaching experience under his belt, but this is a huge decision that can impact whether or not he gets this job long term. Absolutely, you're 100 percent right. Like, what what a spot to be put in. It's you know, and it's always interesting when a when an assistant or an associate coach takes over because you know, they obviously have a relationship. Uh, uh, you know, previously, I mean, no, not as the head guy, but you know, as as a guy who's been in that room for a couple of seasons. So, yeah, you're totally right. When you have a $10 million player, especially a goalie, it's the most important position in the sport, one of the most important positions in sports. And as a, what is that, an 888 save percentage right now? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> you, you, you definitely need to, to balance all these things. Um, you know, I, without, without knowing how those conversations go, of course, I, I'd assume that, you know, there's lots of input from the GM, from, 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 uh, from the goalie coach and, and Ducharme to try to, to try to manage this and, and navigate this, this very delicate situation, like you said. But, you know, I don't, I don't know uh, how you could put Carey Price back in at this point. Like, tonight, and we, we know he's not going in tonight um, after what we've seen the last few. But uh, it'll be really interesting to, to me to see what happens, A, if Jake Allen doesn't play well, and, and equally interesting if he does play well. Because, because you know, they can't give Carey Price the time to, to figure it out if Jake Allen doesn't play well, but if he does play well, maybe you give him a run and, and you just you just go with him because you know it's such a short season and and you know they they need results. And and look, I realize I'm not you know I'm not silly enough to to say all their problems are on Carey Price's shoulders, but when things aren't going well from top to bottom, you know as well as I do, Josh, that. The special teams is what can swing things one way to another. You know, if if you lose the battle, you know, 55% to 45% or 60% to 40%, you know, yeah, it'll do you in more often than not. But the multiple power play goals against, uh, the power play zapping momentum uh, whenever you're on the ice and you're up a man, it's just that that's backbreaking as well. And when your best players aren't going at 100%, that's where you can kind of make up some of the difference. I'm curious to see whether or not Alex Burroughs' power play works uh, because he's, you know, he's relatively unproven as a coach and, and of course, at the NHL level, uh, even less so. But do you think they'll be able to figure out the special teams and what kind of jumps out at you there? Well, they, they definitely have to. If they're going to make any moves, they have to figure it out. I think it's really interesting that Burroughs has this, uh, this um, you know, this role on the team because, as we know, I think he scored 28 goals his best season in the NHL and not one of them came on the power play and people were on yeah. Twitter kind of being like, being like, oh, like, what does this guy know about the power play? But you got to remember, he played with the Sedins for, you know, a decade or more. He knows a thing or two about skill guys, about setups. You know, the Sedins, you know, made their, their living on that high tip and the high slot. You know, so he, he knows about a lot of these, uh, about, he knows, he knows how, how to run a power play because he's seen it. Um, it'll be really interesting to see, but I just looked at the stats. You know, they have one power play goal in their last seven, like you mentioned, multiple power play goals against. 
in uh, you know two of their last four. Obviously, gave up another a last game as well. You know that special teams thing is 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 a real problem, and, and they need to fix it quick. And you know, uh, we were talking. I was talking to the Oilers yesterday, uh, just previewing the Toronto uh, Edmonton game, and and one of the things they said is like their special. You know, they haven't really changed a whole lot. They're, they've just kind of been more connected on the special teams, and then that's a big difference. So you're right when, especially when teams are struggling. If your goalie's struggling, if there's that negative energy that's been alluded to around the room, a couple power play goals can make a big difference. But at the same time, the way it's been going, a couple against can be a real problem as well. We're talking to Josh Clipperton of the Canadian Press, breaking down the NHL and North Division on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri with Matthew O'Hay and Matt. Yeah, Josh, I'm interested on your take on body language because it seems as if, uh, you know, I don't want to beat the special teams drum to a, to death, but it just seems like whenever the Canadians take a penalty, they seem so deflated and it, it almost feels like a goal is going to come one way or another, uh, a goal against. What, what, what do teams in your experience have you seen? What, do you, what have you seen them do to really uh, curb that mentality other than obviously getting a few kills on under their belt yeah no for sure i mean it's, it's just uh, for me I, I think when things aren't going well you, you just have to go back to your basics and whatever your basics are and i know luke richardson was a tough hard defenseman i'm sure you know he's preaching tough play physical play i was watching uh the, the flames here in toronto last week and they didn't have a very good power a very good penalty kill coming in and they and they uh you know stymied the leafs 11 straight penalty kills because they were just so pressure pack they were on top of them in the in the offensive zone as soon as they got the puck they couldn't set up uh so i think i think it's just it just comes down to will and desire especially on the penalty kill like you just need to want to do your job more than the other side and i think that you're right i mean in the games that i've watched i watched those two ottawa games pretty closely uh you know the uh the two recent losses and and it was uh, it was pretty evident that they you know a lot of times that that when something goes wrong it just seems like like it's like here we go again and uh, nothing's more true on the penalty kill. You, you can't you can't play like that. You have to play on your toes, not your heels. And uh, you know, I think they've been playing on their heels a lot, uh, you know, recently. Austin Matthews, a game time decision tonight. You mentioned the Oilers and uh, and Leafs playing, and it's a good thing he's had a wrist injury because I don't know how many goals he would have scored <laughs> if he was fully healthy. But what's you're in Toronto, uh, and I know you've zoomed with them quite a bit. But what's the vibe around the Leafs right now? Yeah, I mean, like the, the vibe is is that they they feel like they've they've played well um, for the most part, but there's definitely they feel like there's there's not a there's there's not a lot of room for error. Like this this division is crazy in the sense that you know they're what are they fifteen four and two, and, and the Oilers are only four points back of them. Like there's just teams can make up and lose ground so quickly. Like last week, Keith was talking about how you know one bad week and and, and people catch up to you, and they, they even even had a bad week and the Oilers have caught up to them. So it's it's uh, they definitely feel like they have another level. Uh, be interesting. I expect Matthews to play tonight, and you're right. I mean, that, that wrist injury. I mean, who knows? <laughs> He's still firing the puck like crazy. You know, sets up the Nylander, uh overtime OT, goal the other yeah. night with just with, with just a great uh, you know just giving you know just the way he can create space just by you know drawing defenders in was was a real sort of subtle uh, subtle play on on a, on a really uh, you know important goal for that team. So you know they definitely feel like they have another level this this uh, road trip. You know. After this, they have Edmonton. Uh, they have Edmonton for three, sorry, and then then Vancouver for two. So, five games in eight days. You know, everyone's gone through these tough schedules, but it'll be interesting to see how they come out on the other side. Uh, but you know, they they know how important these three games against Edmonton are because they're re- they're breathing right down their neck. Yeah, no kidding. And and it's it's funny, right? Like in in all of these hockey markets, and I guess that just you know whatever team dominates in whatever city, whatever league, or whatever, it, there's just always one whipping boy. And uh, you mentioned Nylander before. 
just what, what's the feeling around Toronto? I know he, he took some heat in the, I think it was the Toronto Sun, and, and he's been taking heat. And, you know, the analytics community thinks he's great. And the, you know, non-analytics people think he, he's a dog and he's terrible. I, I really like him. Uh, and I'm not an all-in analytics guy. I certainly appreciate it. But I just, I watch him play and I think he's a difference maker. And he's probably the fourth best forward on their team, but he'd probably be, I mean, you're looking at at the Canadians right now. He would probably be second or, or third. Yeah. Um, he's just he's a really good player. Like, just what what's the beef with Nylander in Toronto? It's one of these things that that's hard to really wrap your hands around or, or try to get a. It's like a very slippery issue. And he's one of these guys that that if you're on one side, you have all the eye test evidence that you need to back it up. Yeah. And if you're on the analytics side, like you mentioned, you have all the numbers you need to back it up. I watch the games. There's this. There's this. Uh, theory that he's soft you know he scored the the goal the other night the tying goal in a scrum like you you watch if you watch if you actually watch the puck battles that he wins like he's he's just as strong down low as as the majority of players in this league if not more you know there's the the contract holdout from a couple years back still bothers a lot of people i mean it's a generational thing too you know (laughs) older fans for the for the most part don't like him and and younger fans for the most part do And, and that's just a fact like you know, the, the hair is, is something that people don't like. He's very quiet. He looks aloof. Um, but, you know, you give that guy a puck down low, uh, you know, or, or, in, this, or in that, uh, you know, the scoring area, he's, he's often going to bury it. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, he, and he's, a hard, he's a hard worker on the boards. Like, his zone entries are, are great. It's, it's one of these guys that it's, it's, it's really fascinating, like, how polarizing he is. And he knows how polarizing he is. But, uh, you know, after the last game, Zach Hyman was talking about how he's, he's misunderstood, and that was sort of the, the real quote afterwards. But, but is he misunderstood? Because, you know, on, on one hand, he, he even said that he has to work harder. So it's almost like two things can be true at once. You're always going to want more from him. And if you, if you like the guy, you're always going to like him. If you don't like him, you're always going to find something against him. But for me, at $6.9 million for the rest of his contract, uh, cap it, he's a pretty good, pretty good player, pretty good deal. Uh, by the way, you said that was a scrum in the game tying goal against Calgary. That wasn't a scrum in the crease. That was absolute chaos. Yeah, you're right. It was a rugby, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a rugby scrum. There was, there was, could have had about 15 players in there. You're right. You're right. Hey, Josh, thanks for doing this, man. I hope we get to talk to you again real soon and uh, keep up the great work at the Canadian Press. Yeah, man. Joy, thanks a lot. Anytime, guys. Thanks. That's Josh Clipperton. He's the national hockey writer uh, at the Canadian Press, breaking down the, uh, the Habs, the Leafs, and the... Uh, the rest of the North Division, and it'll be interesting to see whether or not the Canadians can end this four-game losing streak before it gets it creeps closer and closer to eight. I think that's kind of what everybody's waiting for. This is Saturday Sports on TSN 690. We've got the question of the day, which is, who gets a new coaching gig first? Claude Julien, Kirk Muller, Thierry Henry. I'll tell you who I think is going to be on the sidelines or behind the bench next on TSN 690. Join the social sports conversation. Follow TSN 690 on Facebook. Click on Facebook.com slash TSN 690 Montreal. I'm in shock. I thought with uh, with everything that's happened with you know, the Bournemouth rumors that were going back and forth, I thought that didn't happen. I'm like, okay, another season with Terry O'Ree here. This is going to be... A good season for the Montreal Impact. They made some off-season changes. It was good. It was positive. And then, you know, this breaks today about the personal reason. I understand, but it could not be worse timing. That's Grant Needham, TSN 690 soccer analyst, joining Melnick in the afternoon earlier this week. Says he was shocked, shocked that Terry Henry uh, is not back 
with the squad for 2021. I'm Joey Alfieri on Saturday Sports with Matthew O'Han. We're with you till 1 o'clock. A reminder, it's a TSN 690 doubleheader today. The Laval Rocket Manitoba Moose will play for the 348th time in a row. That goes at 3.30. Sean Campbell, J.P. O'Connor will have the pregame show for you. Uh, and then it's Canadians and Rock and uh, Canadians and Rocket, yeah. Canadians and Jets. 10 p.m. start. Uh, and I know uh, the young uh, whippersnappers like Matthew O'Han, they like those games, but the old men like me, we prefer them at uh, 7 o'clock on the Saturday. Although, although Matt, uh, I think the wife appreciates the 10 o'clock start because it means that uh, after the Rocket game is over, we can probably indulge in last night's uh, Shark Tank, which we missed, and then a movie. Shark Tank's the best. Yeah, Shark best. Tank's a great. But yeah, come on, no, you call me a young whippersnapper. I am young, yeah. but you know I yeah. work a morning shift. So, oh yeah, that's true. You do. You work at that. Other, what's that other station called? Uh, CJAD eight hundred. Oh right, yeah, yeah, that other station. Yes, uh, there's not many uh, whippersnappers over there at CJAD, but it's okay. I love CJAD also. I love the crew out there. Uh, but so yeah, you start early. So what? You're not going to watch the end of the Canadians game? Is I that what will you're be. No, I'll be watching the game start to finish. I'm just going to pop a melatonin uh, in the third period. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think the wife is happy that uh, we're going to have uh, probably some time for a movie, some time for Shark Tank. And uh, yes, uh, we are big fans of Shark Tank as well. Uh, so that was Grant Needham coming in, talking about Terry Henry. Um, how about our Saturday sports question of the day? Who gets a new coaching gig first? Claude Julien, Kirk Muller, or Terry Henry? You can vote at Joey Alfieri or at TSN690 on Twitter. Uh, right now, Terry Henry leading the way. At 54%, Kirk Muller is second at 25%, and Claude Julien, uh, 21%. He is in last. And, and I think it's easy to like it's easy to see why Claude Julien would be last, right? He's got another year left on his deal, had the, the heart problem in the bubble in uh in the fall or in the summer, in the fall there. Um and so I, I think you know he can kind of sit back and enjoy the, the time with family and it was a quick turnaround from off season to, to new season. And there's just a lot of, there's been a lot of ups and downs. So I agree with this audience. I do think that Claude Julien uh, is going to get a gig after the other two. And, and the other thing with Claude Julien is very much like Terry Henry. I don't know that Terry Henry is going to be an assistant coach elsewhere. So I think he's going to hold out for a head coaching gig. But at the same time, if one of the superpowers over in Europe come knocking, and, and this would be intriguing to me if I'm Terry Henry, if, if a super, if a Barcelona, Real Madrid, whatever, whomever, like whoever you want to talk about, even you know a city, whomever, whatever job opens up, if they said, hey, we're going to bring you in as an assistant, we're going to groom you, and in a year or two, you're going to take over as a starting as the main guy on the touchline. I think that would be a pretty good fit for Thierry Henry. I don't know that that happens or not. So you know what? Actually, I'll take it back. I think I can see Thierry Henry be an assistant at a high profile in a high profile club. Kirk Muller, I don't think he's getting a head coaching gig. I think it'll be as an associate or as an assistant. Uh, and Claude Julien is head coach or bust. I just I don't see Claude Julien taking an assistant coaching job like Michel Terrier did. Um, plus, he's like we mentioned, he does have uh, the five percent, uh, the five million dollars uh, next year. Uh, he's going to be paid by the Canadians no matter what. Uh, so I think you know what I think. 
I wonder if there's more coaching changes that are going to happen now, Matt. And I wonder if an NHL team fires a coach or a couple of assistants and they don't bring in Kirk Muller because I think he's well-respected. So I'm going to go with Kirk Muller getting a job before Thierry Henry and Claude Julien. Yeah, I would think Kirk Muller based on the uh, the reasons that you outlined, but say that nobody got hired before the end of this uh, NHL season, it, it's got to be Terry Henry, right? Because it, at least in my mind, because he was rumored to be uh, to be one of the coaches or interviewed for the coach at Bournemouth, and they slapped an interim tag on on an assistant coach over there. So yeah. I think you know he said England is home. He's going back to England right now to be with his family you'd got to think that some Premier League team or maybe a championship team is in some trouble and they're going to be looking for a new coach. So uh, I think there, and to your point about Barcelona, I think that's the only superpower right now that would be in that position to be uh, to bring him in as, a, as an assistant coach because there's just no other place that's really in as much trouble and going through as much turmoil as Barcelona is. Yeah, and we had Paul Vance from Mount Royal Soccer in the first hour of the show. Uh, and he said he doesn't expect that Terry Henry will take a job before the season's out. So nothing really before the month of May. Um, and I, I, you know, I would tend to agree with him. I don't know that he's going to take over uh, any job now. Listen, I, you know, second divisions and, and and other leagues, it's it's entirely possible that he does. Yeah, but you know what? Those are those are even bigger grinds than the Premier League. Like if you're playing, of if course, he, if he takes a championship team, uh, if, like let's just say Bournemouth hires him tomorrow, he's got a way more intense schedule over there than he would with, for example, just off the top of my head, West Bromwich. He has a way more intense schedule there. Yeah, yeah it's a good point. I look, I just. This is what's this is what's going to be fascinating to me for Thierry Henry over the next little while. Okay, it's if he takes a job soon ish, it's going to look terrible on CF Montreal. Like that's the thing. Like if you say, "Hey, I'm leaving because I want to spend time with my family," and then two, three, four weeks from now, he ends up getting another job, it doesn't necessarily look bad on Montreal, but just the situation looks bad. So. I don't know that he's going to, you know, I mean, there's a, listen, there's a lot of people that go home and they start hanging around and listen, we don't know the situation, what's going on with his family or not. It's not our business to speculate or whatever. So I, I'm going to steer clear of that. But I think there's a lot of people who go home, they start hanging around at home and then the family starts realizing, Hey, yeah, you know what? Maybe we don't need this guy around every hour of every day. Like maybe he can go out and, and work again. So I think, you know, I'm more inclined to think that, look, and he's he's a relative, he's a huge name, but a, an unproven manager still for the most part. So I don't think he's going to have his pick of jobs. Um, but at the same time, I do think that when things start to open up in May, I think he'll get a job. I, I don't anticipate Kirk Muller is going to get a job before then necessarily. I just, I think the chances of him getting one are higher if he wants to be an assistant or an associate somewhere else. Because I, I do think... Montreal got the ball rolling. I think there's going to be more coaching changes here as the season progresses. Even though things are tight financially, maybe you'll have less coaching changes than you do in other years. Um, but I do think that maybe an assistant gets fired on a struggling team and all of a sudden, you know, Kirk Muller's name comes up and he ends up getting a gig. So uh, I can see why this audience is split on the uh, Saturday sports question. Uh, and uh, right now, Terry Henry is the is the leader at fifty four percent, but Kirk Muller is second at twenty four, and I can understand why because I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk Muller got back in the game if he wanted to, uh, in short order. So, 
Uh, wh- which way are you leaning? Are you leaning Terry Henry? Are you leaning Muller? Yeah, Julian? I'm, I'm gonna lean. Uh, I'm gonna lean Henry just because you know Julian. You'd have to think he'll take the rest of the year off, um, especially so. especially with his health condition. Uh, and just Kirk Muller, I don't know if teams are really just scratching and clawing for him right now. I, I mean, he's in charge. He was in charge of the power play. I mean, it, it speaks for itself, right? Uh, yes, but I do think <laughs> I do think that if he went to another team with more offensive weapons, I think Kirk Muller's a fine power play coach. But he just he wasn't able to find a solution here, and that's a problem. And, and that's why you know I think people like Kirk Muller. But I don't think any. I was I was surprised that that's the move they made, uh, like getting rid of him. Uh, but I think it's understandable why they made. Like when you look at it, you look at the facts, and just the job uh, wasn't being done at a high enough level. So no, I'm I'm totally with you. But I think if you know sometimes you know one team's treasure, one team's scraps, or another team's treasure, and it works for players and it works for coaches too. So. It wouldn't listen. Do I think it's likely that Kirk Muller gets another job before the end of the season? No, I don't think it's likely. But would it shock me if another team said, "Hey, you know what? We need uh, a good cop. We need a fresh voice, a guy who has experience. Let's bring in Kirk Muller." Like that wouldn't stun me either. I, I don't know how likely it is, but it wouldn't surprise me. So uh, that's where I stand. Uh, I'm going to go with Kirk Muller, most likely to get a new gig before the end of the seasons, uh, both soccer and hockey. But it wouldn't stun me if uh, Terry Henry. Uh, was uh, the one who ended up getting on the touchline before any of the other guys. And Claude Julien, I'm again, I'm with the audience. I, I think he takes the year off. And next year, I know, you know, he still wants to coach for sure. But if I was him, you, you pocket the money, get some time away, get to relax a bit, and, you know, look for a new opportunity down the line. Uh, but I do think that uh, if he wants to coach, I do think that there's going to be a demand for Claude Julien because, uh, yes, there are, you know, this is a league where coaches get recycled. And um, I, I do think Claude Julien is a new coach, but it's just, it's time. It was time for a change of scenery. Anyway, this is Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, Matthew O'Hayan, we're with you till one o'clock. I want to get into something that is very popular on these airwaves that I try not to touch too much, but I'll tell you why. Kerry, the term on Kerry Price's contract isn't the problem. The money on Kerry Price's contract isn't the problem. And the no movement clause on Kerry Price's contract isn't the problem either. I found what the actual problem is, and I'll tell you what that is on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. You're home for the biggest sporting events on the planet. TSN 690. You know, we're not doing enough in front of him to, to help him and make his job easier right now. So our goal is to clean those things up, and, and we know how good he is, and we know what he's done for this franchise, and, and on and on and on. He's, a, he's an unbelievable talent, an unbelievable player, and um, he's going he's gonna to be the difference maker that, uh, that we need. There's Shea Weber on Carey Price. It's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri and Matthew O'Hayan were with you till 1 o'clock, and the Canadians are actually on the ice right now. And we're just looking for some updates uh, from the morning skate. And according to TSN's John Liu, Josh Anderson is not on the ice. Of course, Anderson uh, took that slew foot from Dylan DeMello on Thursday night and left the game, never came back. So it looks like uh, unless 
he's just getting treatment or whatever. Uh, but it looks like Josh Anderson's not going to play. That hasn't been confirmed, uh, but he's not on the ice for the morning skate as of right now. We'll provide more updates uh, before the end of the show. Uh, but did tease Carey Price's contract? I told you that the, the term, not the issue. The cap hit, not the issue. The no-move clause, not the issue. I'll tell you what the issue is. So many people, when, they, when they're arguing Carey Price's contract, uh, I wouldn't pay a goalie $10.5 million a season. And that Those are all fair and reasonable points, but there are some goalies that are elite that will get their money no matter what. And for Carey Price, I think this management group sees him as more than just a franchise goalie. They see him as the leader, him and Shea Weber are the go-to guys. There are other guys, Jeff Petrie, Paul Byron, that are important leaders on this club and a few others, but those are your two rocks and you want to take care of your rocks. And that's exactly what Mark Bergevin did for Carey Price on July the 2nd, 2017. Gave him an eight-year, $84 million extension. And that extension didn't even kick in till the following season because Price still had a year left on his deal. So they basically signed him on the second day that he was eligible to sign an extension because uh, you, once you're under contract, you can sign an extension a year ahead of time. So uh, they took care of him fairly early. July the seventh, uh, July the second, excuse me, in 2017, and the contract kicked in at the start of the 2018-19 season. This is the third year of an eight-year deal, so there's still a long way to go. So, I think the biggest issue here is not that you've locked up a goalie for eight years. It's not the ten and a half million dollar cap hit. It's not the signing bonuses that you give him at the start of every season or every hockey calendar year, um, and it's not even really the no movement clause. In my mind, the biggest problem when dealing with a goaltender and handing out extensions is the age. So if they give Carey Price this contract earlier on, I think it's a lot more digestible than it is now. Now, in Carey Price's scenario, in, in, in his scenario, in his situation, the way it played out, he ended up getting injured. So there would have been a couple of years where... um. He, you, you would have, you know, he wouldn't have been playing. And, I, and I'm not saying that they had to give him the $10.5 million a year earlier because they got him for a more reasonable deal. I think he was around $6 million. But the contract becomes problematic when you give it to somebody who's approaching 30 years old. And if I'm not mistaken, Carey Price was 29 at the time he signed this contract. If you go to Tampa Bay, they're tight against the cap. But do they regret handing Vasilevsky, uh, is it nine or nine and a half million dollars a season? No, the guy's in his mid-20s. I think he's 24 or whatever he is. So I think if, I'm, if I have to pay a goaltender, and Vasilevsky's 26 rather, and he makes nine and a half million dollars a year, he signed a big extension. Uh, I think this is year one of that extension, if I'm not mistaken. I think this is the first year. Uh, of that deal and it is so he has a no move clause that kicks in next year and it becomes a modified no trade clause in 2025-26 but the thing is he's 26 years old so the majority of this deal is going to take place when he's in his 20s and he's at his peak Sergey Bobrovsky on the other hand you ask the Florida Panthers if they could do a do over there and it's not just because Chris Dreger's playing well um, but I think they would do that deal over again. Bobrovsky's 32 years old, and he also signed a seven-year. He, he was a seven-year deal because he was leaving one team to another 
to go to another, so he couldn't get that eighth year. Uh, but he got seven years, seventy million, so he's the second highest paid goalie in the league behind Carey Price. But all of this contract is going to take place when he's in his thirties. So I'm okay with giving the goalie the contract, but it has to be the way the Tampa Bay Lightning did it with Andre Vasilevsky, and the majority of the contract has to be spent while he's in his twenties. That you cannot lock the goalie into a ten plus million dollar deal. If he's 28, 29, 30, and older, and especially with Carey Price, I get it. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but he was coming off a couple seasons where he did miss a significant amount of time with injury. But think about it. If Carey Price gets that huge lucrative deal when he's winning Vesnas and Hart trophies and Olympic gold medals, I don't think we're having the same conversations about his contract like we are now. And that's the big thing to me is that I would pay a goalie $10 million a year if I had an elite one. I would. But he would have to be at a young enough age. And that's the thing with Carey Price now. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think Carey Price is going to get his season back on the rails. That doesn't mean that I think he's done. Because there are goaltenders who are over 30, even over 35, that are playing very well right now. So my concern is not that Price isn't good anymore or that he's never going to get it back because I think he will. But for this contract to be worth it, this is not a league where you can afford to pay guys based on what they've done in the past. The cap just isn't high enough for that. It's not as high as it is in the NBA and it's not as high as it is in the NFL. And yes, whatever, there are more players in the NFL, but still they've got a lot more money to play with. You cannot lock yourself into any deal where you're paying somebody based on what they've done. And that's a lot of what this deal is about that Carey Price signed. And I realized that, you know, I, I don't expect him to say, hey, yeah, you know what, 10 and a half, that's a lot of money. Let me take a discount to stay here. No, that's the, the number they agreed to. And I think the number is fine, but it has to be fine at the right age, Matt. It, it's, it's not the right time right now. So if I had to hand out a $10 million contract per year to one of us here on the radio right now, I would hand it over to you because that's you have you. more racetrack left ahead of you than I do. And I am totally lying right now because I would hog it all for myself. But I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah that's very kind of you, Joey. Um, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with a lot of the points you made. But the thing that really I just don't like is that how many... Because you, you mentioned you can't pay someone for what they've done. So how many games have been lost months at a time where Carey Price has just gone through a slump. How well, does, how many, okay, but, but hold how, on a second. But how does that? But how there does are that, a lot. Yeah, but how does that not factor in to what you're going to be paying the guy? How That's many times? How many times has he taken an average or above, slightly above average team and made them into something better than what they actually were, though? Yeah, but that also, but again, that goes to your point. You can't pay someone for what they've done at the age he was at, right? So it, it's it, it, the thing that it just annoys me. The, the number doesn't annoy me. What annoys me is the number vis-a-vis the amount of months that have just been lost. Forget injury. Injuries happen to everyone. That I'm completely okay with that. 
it's the mental lapses of how many times are we going to go through it? To, oh, he's he's not there mentally. He's checked out. He's this. He's that. It's it's very frustrating to see because that is you're a professional athlete. At a certain point, you pull up your bootstraps and you go to work. Yeah, you know. And look, it, I think it's fair. You don't need um, you don't need an elite goaltender to win. You know, no. like you don't need an elite goalie to win a Stanley Cup. You need an elite center to win a Stanley Cup. I think for the most part, you need an elite defenseman. Although you know the Pittsburgh Penguins, when they won the Cup without Chris Letang, I think they proved that you can get away with that. But they also have two general, you know, generational talents down the middle. So there are certain positions where you need to be elite to win it all, and goaltending is not one of them. But I do think that different teams win in different ways. And you can obviously win a Stanley Cup with Carey Price. And I know some people, you know, the haters argue differently, but you definitely can. The, the Carey Price is not the reason why the Canadians haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1993. Like, I, I hope we're all on the same page there. Yeah, 100%. But the contract itself is, is the, has only become an issue because of the age in which he signed it. That's my point. So I'll pay a goalie nine, nine and a half, ten, even ten and a half, if if he deserves it and if he's that important to my team. But it needs to come in at the Vasilevsky age, the mid twenties. It cannot come at the Bobrovsky and Price years. That's what we're finding out here. It's taken time, but the goalies have finally gotten themselves paid, and two of the three guys. And by the way, we can add Henrik Lundqvist because he had one year left on his deal and it was bought out by the Rangers before he signed in Washington. And it was good to see this week a, a health update from uh, from the King. It's nice to see him doing better. But for a while, he was the highest paid goalie in the league. And what we're finding out and what we're seeing, and it should be obvious, is that you cannot pay a goaltender in his 30s or approaching his 30s. It's not even paying them big money, but it's committing the big money, and the term. That's the issue. And that's what we're finding out. It's no coincidence that Lundqvist, Price, and Bobrovsky, they haven't lived up to the contract throughout the entirety of this deal or even whatever, however many years that they're into their deals. And Vasilevsky so far has. Now, Vasilevsky's in the first year of his deal, but he's 26 years old, as I mentioned. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. He has an elite team in front of him. So it definitely helps. Don't get that twisted. But the Florida Panthers this year, they've played like one of the best teams in the NHL, and they've been better with Drieger and Nets than they have been with Sergei Bobrovsky. Both guys have come away with wins. You compare the numbers, and it's they're not even close. And what are the they? Backup blows we'll, the starter out of the water. Well, exactly. Well, what and what does uh, Florida do that Montreal doesn't? They roll with Drieger for a stretch. They roll with the hot guy. Yeah, and that's what you well, listen. Do. But they might, they might roll. But the Canadians yeah, might now roll with will. the hot guy. But again, it comes back to what I said earlier on in the show. And as a coach, as a young coach, you can have the best plan in the world for getting Carey Price back on track. The thing is, he needs to be on board with it because if he's not, I guarantee you, you're not keeping this job beyond this season. You're not. Because we saw it with Michel Therrien here, and Michel Therrien lost Carey Price at the end of his tenure here, and he was never able to recover. So whatever the case may be, I, I feel like Carey Price is going to get it back on the rails. Is it going to be in time for the Canadians to salvage the season, make the playoffs, and make some noise in the playoffs? I don't know, but I'm not worried about his play. I'm not. I'm just telling you 
that most people say, oh, I wouldn't commit X amount of dollars to the goaltending position. I have no problem committing that money to the goaltending position. But that's where I disagree. But it has to come at the right age, more so than a defenseman and more so uh, than a forward the goaltending. You need to lock him in at the right time. It's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri with you till 1 o'clock. Uh, the Raptors. The Raptors got a big win without their head coach and a lot of their coaching staff and without one of their big players. And there was a jersey blunder in the NBA. We'll talk about that and so much more on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Your home of CF Montreal soccer is TSN 690. Boucher over Tucker doesn't go. OG tries to keep it alive. Collision. Kyle's second chance. Fred steps right into it. And he connects from Winsett. Welcome back. Final moment. Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to the Toronto Raptors who are uh, they're that team that they bring their lunch pail to work. And I realized they weren't getting the results earlier on this season, uh, but they've turned it around, playing well. And going into yesterday, we didn't going into last night's game against the Houston Rockets, we didn't really know uh, what was happening because we found out that Nick Nurse and a bunch of their staff, uh, they could not be on the bench because of the health and safety protocols uh, in the NBA. And we didn't know who the coach would be. Would it be a player coach? Would it not be? Whatever. Uh, and finally, we found out that assistant coach Sergio Scariolo uh, ended up taking over for Nick Nurse. He even won a coach's challenge uh, in his first attempt. Uh, Nick Nurse actually lost his first six coach, coaches challenges. Uh, so uh, Sergio's ahead uh, on that count. But the Raptors won. They didn't have Pascal Siakam in their lineup either. Uh, he was out for the same reason. And But the Toronto Raptors were able to win uh, a tight game, 122-111, over the... Uh, Houston Rockets and Kyle Lowry with a triple double there. He had 20 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. Fred Van Vliet had 25 as well, and Norm Powell is rolling. Uh, he had 30. Uh, there's another story quickly I wanted to get to in the NBA. I'm uh, not sure if you guys saw this, Matteo, but Oklahoma City played Atlanta last night at OKC. Did you see this? No, I didn't. I didn't. So uh, Atlanta packed the red jersey only, the Atlanta Hawks. And Oklahoma City was scheduled to wear orange. So you're watching these two teams in the first half. And I got to tell you, it was tough on the eyes. And the jersey colors were so similar that it was incredibly weird. Like, it must have been tough for the players to distinguish between that OKC orange and the uh, Atlanta red. Uh, but man, oh man, was that a weird situation. So what ended up happening was OKC went into the break, they went into halftime, and Oklahoma City was kind enough to change uh, into their whites and uh, and uh, Atlanta because that's that was the only thing that they had packed, right? So they didn't pack any of their, their other jerseys, the black or the white. So they ended up rolling with the red. Uh, but uh, I just I thought it was funny that uh, you get those jersey blunders every once in a while. It's not just the garage leagues uh, that that struggle with these things. It's, uh, it's the NBA as well. The NBA missed that. They admitted it. And uh, the Thunder ended up winning that game by a score of 118 to 109. And if you're wondering what Lou Dorr did, he hit uh, 19 points and three rebounds, two assists. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 24 points in 36 minutes as well. So the Canadian content was on full display uh, for OKC 
last night. So, uh, yeah, just a weird jersey mishap. Did you ever have a weird jersey mishap in one of your leagues, assuming you're an athlete? Um, I'm not an athlete. That's a shot fired, by the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, I do play softball, though, and, I mean, it's nothing really that comes to mind. I mean, I once wore the same color as the opposing team. Nice. Um, hey, but they they were able to differentiate because I later got uh, I because later you were got, so bad. No, because I got a ball from the outfield as I was rounding second, uh, hit me right in the mouth. <laughs> so uh, it was oh, no. so my shirt was blood splattered. So they were able nice. to tell me apart after that. Mario, thanks for everything, man. Thanks for coming in in relief of Jimmy G. You closed out the game pretty well. I got to say it was a strong opening from Jimmy, but you did a really good job. Uh, Listen, you got to give me credit. Uh, you don't give yeah. me enough credit. That's it. I don't give you enough credit. Of course, yes. You don't get Well, you got to keep me you got to keep me humble. Yes, that too. Because uh, that is a very big problem. Uh, so uh, thanks for jumping on here from uh, 12 to 1. Uh, a reminder that if you miss the program, you want to catch the whole thing commercial free, you can find it on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast, just search Saturday Sports uh, on TSN 690, and that'll be able uh, that'll pop up for you uh, momentarily. Uh, Matteo will put that up for us. Uh, so thanks very much for that as well, Matt. Uh, thank you to all our guests who joined us today. Uh, we had uh, Aaron Ambrose uh, from uh, the Canadian Women's National the Hockey Team, uh, Paul Vance on CF Montreal, and Thierry Henry. Uh, he joined us as well, and uh, so did... Josh Clipperton of the Canadian Press as we broke down the North Division and the Montreal Canadiens. Enjoy the game, everybody. We've got Laval Rocket Hockey coming up at 3.30 with Sean Campbell and J.P. O'Connor. And the Montreal Canadiens take on the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg. Josh Anderson not on the ice for the morning skate. I'm sure we'll get an update after the skate. Uh, but it doesn't look like he's going to play. The pregame show gets going at 8 o'clock with Gallo and Campbell. Puck drop set for 10 o'clock. Have a great rest of your Saturday, everyone.